the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. I am Seth Liebson. 602 is the number. That's 602-508-0960. It's the way you're not supposed to say it. 602-5080-960. We have uh, Bill, our uh, producer-in-chief, and we have David who is our associate producer in today, as it is hump day. And we do that every Wednesday with David and Friday. Um, There's a lot going on. So anything that's on your mind, uh, Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, uh, has uh, just egressed from his meeting at the White House with Joe Biden over the debt limit. We will uh, probably uh, hear uh, some dueling narratives about what took place in that conversation. The FBI did a search today of a third Biden home, his Rehoboth uh, Beach property, which is an odd thing in and of itself to think about when we had been told time and again from Karin Jean-Pierre that every, that there was nothing more to find. Why would the FBI conduct a search weeks after she had repeatedly say that, said there are no more documents to look for? No more documents that would have been classified and in Joe Biden's possession. It's a funny thing about what just may bring down a political candidate or a presidency. Watergate, was it Nixon or or as press secretary Ron Ziegler, I don't remember, who referred to it as a third-rate burglary that obviously became a much obviously bigger thing. It's why we put and attach the word gate after every scandal. Uh, Bob Woodward, who made his journalistic chops in the Watergate investigation, actually is saying some kind of interesting things today uh, in an interview he did about uh, in an interview he did about the Russian investigation and the Russian allegations from 2016 and Donald Trump scolding his fellow journalists for not doing their due diligence when it came to the Christopher Steele memorandum, the Christopher Steele file, he says they didn't do their work and it led to disasters that people bought into, a hoax that was a millstone around the presidency for all four years of it. And really, even since, when you think about hijinks and altering an election, there can be but no question that in 2020, This country suffered because of what the media did, the Democratic Party and the media did to alter an election, primarily with the Hunter Biden laptop. But having set the stage to it with the continual denunciations of Donald Trump as an illegitimate president because of Russian interference, which we now find and now know, as many of us knew from the get go, didn't exist. But too many members of the press and too many in the Democratic Party wanted to press. One wonders if Donald Trump would have been reelected 
but for Adam Schiff's and uh, and 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 uh, and uh, former director Brennan's continued statements about the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop as Russian disinformation, as a Russian disinformation campaign and the wholesale swallowing of it by outlets like The Washington Post and CBS and CNN when it was clearly true and accurate all the way through. One wonders what the midterms of this past November would have looked like had we known about the classified documents that were found about a week before the election, the classified documents that were found at Joe Biden's office that he shouldn't have had when the country made such a storm five months earlier over those kinds of documents found in Donald Trump's residence. One wonders what that election would have looked like last November had the Democrats, had the Biden administration not concealed the revelation that a week before the election, similar classified documents were found to be held inappropriately in an office of Joe Biden's. Andy McCarthy has a pretty good rundown here. I'll get to calls in a moment. Andy McCarthy has a pretty good rundown about the search today at President Biden's beach home. He writes, this search to which Biden consented is occurring nearly three months to the day after a batch of highly classified documents was found in in Biden's private office at his Washington think tank. It's also happening nearly two weeks after the FBI finally searched Biden's Wilmington home and seized classified documents going back to his time in the Senate, which ended 14 years ago. Senators, by the way, to remind, are not permitted to remove classified information from Capitol Hill's SCIF, which is the Sensitive Compartmented Information Facility, where they read and get to look at classified information. They are not allowed to take it out of the SCIF, much less out of the Senate building. Biden did. As a senator, the FBI's Wilmington search turned up six items worth of classified documents. We don't know, by the way, obviously, if those items are boxes or pieces of paper. The search on January 20th, coming after discoveries of classified information in multiple Biden private locations, the office, the Wilmington garage, the den in the same Wilmington property, established that a Biden has made a career of mishandling national defense intelligence in a grossly negligent way that makes such conduct a felony. And B, all Biden private locations should be searched since classified documents could be any place he seems to have set up shop. A few points Andy McCarthy thinks bear keeping in mind. One, Biden apologists are once again putting their best spin on this on this crisis, claiming that today's search shows the president is being totally cooperative and that he consented to and welcomed and encouraged the search to repeat. It is commonplace for suspects in a criminal investigation when there is overwhelming probable cause of crimes that would support the issuance of a search warrant to consent to their residence and workspaces being searched by law enforcement. Doing so lays the groundwork for seeking prosecutorial leniency. It also enables the suspect to negotiate the terms of the search. We know Biden's lawyers were permitted to witness the FBI search at Wilmington, and presumably that arrangement also obtained at the beach house today. That was not something available to Donald Trump, by the way. Obviously, Biden is in a better position than the usual criminal suspect because he's president. 
and thus the ex-executive officials investigating him at the Justice Department and FBI are his subordinates. The fact, nevertheless, remains. Biden has consented to searches, not because he wanted to, but because he had he not done so, special counsel Robert Hur would presumably have sought search warrants. If that had happened, Biden's team would have had to admit that to a federal court that had found probable cause that he had committed felonies. Note, former President Donald Trump has sustained significant political damage from just those similar findings from the ex- executed search warrant of the Mar-a-Lago residence. Point two to keep in mind. It is increasingly obvious that Biden. Whoops. It is increasing. Was that on my end? Sorry. (laughs) It is increasingly obvious that Joe Biden, for all his claptrap about transparency, did not intend for the public to find out about this classified information fiasco. The White House did not disclose anything until CBS blindsided the president with its January 9th report. Even when they grudgingly conceded that CBS was accurate in reporting on the November 2nd discovery of classified documents in in Biden's private office, Biden officials withheld a critical fact that was not in the CBS report, namely that more classified documents had been found in Biden's Wilmington garage on December 20th. It only made sense to conceal that explosive discovery if the Biden's administration never intended for it to become public. That is, Biden calculated that if he wrote out the CBS report and stressed that his cooperation with authorities made his situation different from Trump's, the press would lose interest. This calculation was wrong, and it went up in smoke on January 12th when additional classified documents were found in the Wilmington Den and the earlier garage discovery came to light. The point of all this is that the administration was caught flat-footed by the January 9th CBS report. If Biden, as he claims, always intended to be self-reporting and transparent and disclose things, um, he would not have that this story would not have been handled the way it was handled. It would have been revealed before the election, or at least a week after the election, or perhaps the month after the election. It wasn't. It was two months after the election. There's more to say here. And by the way, I didn't mention the other big political news on our side today. Nikki Haley looks like she's putting her hat in the ring to run for president. What is your thought on that? We'll take your calls on anything on your mind when we come right back. Number is 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. John is in Peoria. Hello, John. Hi, Seth. How are you, sir? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Everything is good, thank God, buddy. Good. Hey, listen, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this story yet or not. I saw it in the Daily Mail. Do you ever read that publication? It's a great publication. Yeah, I should recommend it more, and I should read it more. You know, it's one of these things you... I, I need to add it to my daily reading. I get stories from it all the time from other sources, from other people like yourself, and I'm always, I always, I always think I, I really ought to add it to my morning reading. You're good to promote it. Thank you, sir. And the the best way to do it is <laughs> it's filled with ads, but if you get a certain browser, I don't know if you want me to mention it or not, it's easy. It eliminates all those ads. Go you ahead. Really... Go ahead. What do I care? 
it's the Brave Brave browser. The Brave browser. Okay. Browser. All right. Yeah. But anyhow. Oh, the, I got a thumbs up from uh, Chief Producer Bill on it. I think he uses it. He he just gave you a two thumbs up on that. Yeah, it's a great browser. I uh, guess uh, David and I are behind. <laughs> we will catch up to you guys. All right. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Bill. <laughs> okay. All right. But, <laughs> but anyhow, this story was in the other day. The clerk that was just elected to the school board of the Peoria School Board, are you? Yeah, I, I'm a little story? bit aware of where I think you're going. If it's that uh, science uh, curriculum we're talking about, is that what you wanted to mention? Yes, yeah, go ahead. The tell biology. the audience. Yeah, tell the audience what's going on there. Yeah, here's the deal. And she did a really great thing. She leaked the fact that uh, they're considering a couple of different texts, a uh, biology text, and they're biology text, textbooks. Uh, and one that they're really leading to, uh, I didn't realize the Peoria School Board is as liberal as this. But anyhow, uh, I, didn't, I wouldn't think it would have been, but anyhow, a lesson learned here. Uh, that text says, oh, there's multiple sexes. Yeah, uh, I, have a, I have a copy of it in front of me. Uh, this, now, just so people are aware, they haven't adopted it yet. It is for consideration. This is why it is so yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. This is why it's so important to run for school board, and why I love those Arizona Women of Action who have uh, done such a good job of fielding and training candidates to do so, because this is where curriculum decisions are made, and this is where. That is to say, textbook decisions are made. This is a textbook being considered in the Peoria Unified School District where it says in this textbook, we know that sex is not a binary state. Sex determination is an active area of research that should yield a sophisticated understanding. Yes. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for that. Uh, I love the part where they say we know. We know that sex is not a binary state. I love that. I love the certainty. You know, I love the certainty. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, it's based in zero fact. That statement. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, there's there's uh, there's more in here. The biochemical, physiological, and anatomical features associated with males and females are turning out to be more complex than previously realized. Yeah. Okay. Give me a break. Yeah, give me a break. This is uh, this is man's attempt to uh, to overcome nature. This is uh, as Whitaker Chambers uh, would have once put it: uh, the second man's second oldest faith that we shall be as gods. That's uh, oh, you 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 were reading my mind because that's exactly what I was going to say. Man wants to be God. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's, that's what we're doing. We are thinking that we can, we can be above nature. If we're above nature, begs the political philosophical question, John, what's above us? What guides us? Yeah, really? No, really. No, and the answer, it turns out, is nothing but women power. Nothing but force and will, in other words. There is no uh, guiding principle for hu- us or we humans. And it begs the question of what does it you know, even mean to be a human? Um, nature means, by the way, the word nature comes from the word to generate, to beget, to give birth. This is what we're tampering with here, the entire understanding of what a human being is. Once we, di- once, once we change that, which as you know and many in the audience know, 
um, ideologies have tried to, tried to do uh, over the centuries, from uh, whether it's uh, Marxism or Nazism, you know, once, once, once we change the notion of what a human being is, we change the notion of the equality of human beings, and we start having humans treating other humans like animals. That's what happens when we disorient the difference between man and nature and man and animal. That's what happens. That's where we're headed here. And by the way, if you think... We're not turning these children into animals by the way we're teaching them this crap. And I'm sorry for my French there, John. That's exactly what we're doing. No, excellent statement, Seth. That so well put what you just said. It's, it's profound what you just said. And uh, I'm glad that woman had the courage to say no and leaked, uh, you know, because they were just going to try to sneak it in. You know what I mean? But now... It was a calling car, a calling uh, to action. Yes, it is. And I bet you any money in May, that Peoria school board meeting is going to be jam-packed to put uh, to uh, dissent to that textbook being chosen. Yeah, and I don't know. In fact, maybe someone else in 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 listeners in the listening world here will. I don't know what the law is on on whether you know leaking it was 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 the wrong thing to do or not. I just don't know. One would think. That in dealing with our public schools, and one would think with the open meeting laws and open access laws in this state, um, that we all should be allowed to see what the school board is debating when it comes to the curricula we are paying for. One would think that. I don't know. Isn't there sunshine laws? That's 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 what I would think. Now you know someone uh, out there probably will know that better than I. But if there is an effort to make a um, to make a a case against this school board, this newly elected school board member for doing what she did, um, that effort will be fought vigorously by certainly the army in this audience and certainly an army of attorneys on our side who will shut it down. I hope. I pray. Yeah, no. Thank, thank you for you. bringing it up. I'm glad you did. This is um, this is this story has made a blip here and there as as national news, and um, this this is why they would not want it leaked. They 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 hate sunlight. They hate the that They hate the the exposure of this. And this is why you know you see what I call the democratic or left wing or democratic left. Um, the democratic uh, left dialectic, which is, A, deny the thing we're accusing you of is happening. B, once it's no longer deniable, tell us we're wrong for criticizing it. And then C, mandating it. Here's uh, some Nat King Cole and Maynard Ferguson. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. John Dombrowski is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website, if you'd like to reach out to him, is grandcanyonplanning.com. He's also the host of his own radio show right here, heard every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. How are you today, John? Fantastic, Seth. Thank you. That Paul McCartney song, Jet, that we came Mm -hmm. into, um, it's interesting for two things. Here's our culture part of this conversation. Go. Uh, one Jet is uh, is named after his dog. He had a oh. dog named Jet. Okay. And the second, it's one of a handful of songs with made up lyrics. 
Ah Meta is a made-up lyric known as a reverse Mondegreen. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. A reverse Mondegreen. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what a Mondegreen is. A Mondegreen, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) This was not rehearsed, and I'm glad you asked. You had to say Um, it twice. Yeah, Yeah, I'm losing. (laughs) That was too funny. (laughs) That was really well done, John. A Mondegreen is a misheard lyric. Okay. Yeah, like in that Springsteen song, Blinded by the Light, and so Mm. forth. Wow. All right, so... Well, that's John. more interesting than what I have to talk Well, about. depending, depending, depending. If you're Ugh. interested in the economy and making money and mm-hmm. uh, preserving your uh, retirement, this is interesting. Okay. Uh, the feds did what you kind of suspected and outlined they would do yes. uh, yesterday. Again, what does it mean for the average American? Very good. Yeah, the Fed did raise today a quarter percentage point, 25 basis points. And uh, they... You know, it's interesting because the thought was, and some of the comments were a little bit more what they would consider dovish yeah. instead of hawkish, right? right? So right. a little bit uh, easier on the talk. They are still touting, though, that they want to get their uh, target inflation down to 2%, and they said there's still a long way to go to get to 2%. Mm-hmm. So they're still, uh, you know, reserving uh, the right yeah, the to ability. continue yeah, right. to yeah. raise rates yeah. and, and be a little bit harsher. Uh, but this will affect the average American if you've got credit card debt. Seth, this will affect those credit card interest payments that you have. Your yeah. car loan, if you're going to be going to buy a new car uh, or a used car, uh, that's certainly going to be higher. Those lines of credit. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of people out there that may have a home equity line of credit because it is a good strategy. If you have high uh, interest on a credit card and you're trying to get that paid down at 18% or whatever that rate is, Home equity lines of credit might be in the 7% right. range, right. Uh, and that could be a little bit of relief for you. And it's possible, depending on your uh, total uh, loans uh, on real estate, uh, your personal balance, house and yeah. so forth, mm-hmm. that you may even be able to get a deduction for the interest oh, wow. uh, on that on your taxes. You could talk to your tax advisor about that. Um, but if you use your HELOC to pay off those credit cards and rip the credit cards up so you don't do it again, right? Um, then you have the availability to pay at a much lower interest rate, which will help you get it paid off sooner, which is always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, it also could affect uh, those savings accounts if you have a savings account that uh, you may be able to um, get a little more interest on those bank accounts that you have. Okay. So that's a positive. So. Um, the negatives are if you've got debt, it's going to affect that debt. If it's adjustable rate mortgage on the house, it's going to affect that as well. Um, but otherwise, um, you know, it could be a positive if you just have money in the bank. Let me ask you this uh, a terminology question. Mm-hmm. Um, Meta, M-E-T-A, which mm-hmm. we know often Previously enough as Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Meta, announced, um, Meta announced today that its, um, it was, it was, uh, its earnings uh, were going to beat expectations, I mm-hmm. believe, and they're engaging in buybacks. What, what's a buyback? Okay, a lot of companies, what they'll do with excess money that they have, uh, rather than either if they have no place for it to invest it or whatever it might be, they may purchase their own stock back. So, you know, there's a number of outstanding shares that each uh, publicly traded company has, and those shares are owned by somebody, right? Right. Uh, And uh, if you're uh, an owner in shares of any stock, say Meta, uh, and if Meta announces they're going to buy that, and they mentioned $40 billion in stock buybacks, basically what they do is they buy that stock back and they would retire it, and that takes it out of circulation. 
which ultimately reduces the number of shares that are available out there mm-hmm. on the market. Mm-hmm. And the company value didn't change. So if I have less shares, that means the per share value would increase. Uh-huh. So when a company announces a big buyback like this with profits that they have, uh, that's a positive for shareholders. There and we go. did see the stock today after hours really jumped up quite a bit, uh, about 17%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a good one. That's okay. a positive. You know, there's a lot of people out there, though, that don't like that companies uh, take profits and buy back stock. They think that corporations are making too much money. So that's uh, something we're we'll hearing We'll pick from up the on that conversation next we visit. That's an interesting yeah. debate. All right, got to right. let you put in yep. the tie here. You bet. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, member of Finman Sipic, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC, and not affiliated. Thank you, Seth. You do that so that it's not a Mondegreen. You do it very well. Ah, very good. Talk to you Thank soon, you. John. Bye-bye. Thank you. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Every Wednesday, we check in with our constitutional election law expert, Brett Johnson. He's a partner with the law firm of Snell & Wilmer, SWLaw.com, based here in Phoenix, offices around the country. Brett, how are you today? Good, Seth. How about yourself? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Every once in a while, let's put on your election expertise hat here for me. Every once in a while, we hear filtering through uh, the news and uh, the various parties and sometimes outside groups, uh, efforts to change the way we um, we engage in our primaries here. Um, and you hear phrases like closed primaries, open nonpartisan primaries, ranked choice voting, that kind of thing. Is that debate going on in Arizona? And if so, what are the ones that we should know most about or be most informed on? I think I think the debate's happening not only in Arizona. I do think it's happening across the country. When I talk to my colleagues, election attorneys all over the country, everybody's kind of talking about this, especially even if you talk to the political parties. Yeah. And, by the way, all persuasions, right? right. So the Democrat attorneys are talking about this just as much as Republican attorneys and the Libertarians. So it, it is definitely uh, a conversation piece. And as I think the perception, at least how the conversation goes, as the perception that the political parties are no longer catering to a centric view and moving off to either the left or the right, they, and then that means that there's that the center of the of, of the states or the country don't have really a choice. Yeah. This always gets more and more into the conversation. But for Arizona, this has been a debate that has been going on yeah. for at least for a very long time yeah. to try to get on the initiative ballot, etc. What's the one that is most often pushed here in Arizona? Is it uh, a closed primary or is it ranked vo- ranked choice voting? Right. So we have we have um, we have a kind of a closed primary here. Closed primary is definitely for the presidential. Election. Right. Right. And and again, there's uh, you could have different election schemes for different races, too. So especially if they're nonpartisan. So right. let's let's just put this is a general conversation okay. here. But so the closed primary is obviously presidential. We, we have an open primary. But if you are, have designated a political party, and right now in Arizona, that's Republican, Libertarian, and Democrat. Uh-huh. If you have registered in either of those three, you have to vote in, in those primaries. Right. You could obviously switch, and a right. lot of people do. Right. But those are the three. The independents, though, if they go to a polling location on the primary day, they can request a ballot from one or the other of of the um, of the parties, right. or um, there's a certain date where you could ask for a mail-in. Right. This, by the way, is background. Many people might remember before there was the Maricopa County 
problems in the general election. There were the Pinal County problems in right. the primary election. Right. Right. And that's what one of the excuses or one of the explanations was, is that too many independents showed up asking for a Republican ballot. Right. That they weren't they didn't have enough Republican ballots to satisfy the, non-registered, the uh, non-affiliated voter. Right. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. So um, what is being pushed here in almost every election, it didn't get on the ballot this time, it has been on the ballot before, um, is the top two. Right. right? And right. so you would get, get rid of uh, uh, political party primaries. Everybody would be on the primary ballot. And then the top two would move on to the general. Ironically, back in you know, grade school. What do we call this? We call it a runoff. Yeah. Right? But now, but in this, in this day and age, we... Do you we know why I don't like it? I'll tell you why I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it because in the case, I think they have this in California, if I'm not mistaken. You. They do. In the case yeah. of Dianne Feinstein's last election, I guess she's not going to run again, but in the last election, people had the choice between Dianne Feinstein and another Democrat. There was no Republican right. on the ballot running for Senate. Yes, that, that's right. But uh, well, there there was in the primary, right? Uh, well, you right, know right, but not in the general. Right. <laughs> not in the general. It, right. was, it was just that. And I mean, in one way around that, though, I mean, just being academic here because yeah. I'm kind of against it too. Yeah. But is is the Alaska version? Yeah. Where the top four would move up okay. to the general election. Okay. So, so you, you could cannot... have you know literally 20 people, and you'd have four, and that's what Alaska did in this last election for sure. So, but one thing that what's one of the attractions? Why do people? Yeah, I was just going to say, what problem Democrats, is it solving? Well, it, it definitely the the basically the taking care of the spectrums, right? That okay. the people are, are uh, the candidates are getting too extreme on either side. But the other issue, which kind of you may makes a little bit of sense, right? Because I choose to be in my political party. It's almost like my club. Yeah, you know, I, my church, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, the state doesn't get to pay for if I decide to join the Kiwanis Club and I want to run for president. <laughs> right. Uh, right. right, not that they quake the Republican Party to the Kiwanis, but you know what I mean. I do. And and this, but the state pays for the primary election, and it's millions and millions of dollars that a lot of people are scratching their head, especially since the largest second group in Arizona is independent. Yeah. Independents are like, why am I paying for a political party's election? So you kind of at least see that argument, especially from an economic sense, as to when, when is this going too far? So okay. that's, those are the kind of the issues that go back and forth. The ranked choice is the one that I hear a lot about taking place and a lot of people seeming to want to have a resistance to it. Is that the most controversial of them? It, it is. And I'll be honest with you, the reason I think it's controversial is it's kind of hard to explain, yeah, right? Probably, yeah. Because, and there's many different versions of ranked choice where, um, say that there's four people running, right? Yeah. You first, you count up all the ones and then, okay, that person didn't win. Well, let's see who got the second choice. And you count up all the twos and then the threes and the fours. And in theory, you're eventually going to get to a consensus point where somebody, either one, two, three, or four, has the majority of votes. So that's one way. It's more of a consensus model. The other way is is that one stays one, two stays two, three and four get kicked off, and then their ballots are redistributed against the first and the second candidate, and then you have to get to 50%. So it kind of becomes a mathematical equation. You have to kind of scratch your head. New Hampshire does this. There's a few other states. Alaska, maybe. Yeah. Alaska, because, and they, they, they have a hybrid model, right? Yeah. So top four plus ranking. 
So that's it's kind of an interesting model they have. There. I guess we do top. Um, I guess we do top two in the sense when it's nonpartisan theoretically. But if you think about our mayor and city council races, at least in Phoenix, right, that would be considered a top two, wouldn't it? That that's exactly right. Okay. The nonpartisan um, elections across the board are, are in that same same fashion. Okay. You have to get to okay. a certain percentage. Now, now sometimes you you don't have to get to the the fifty percent. Right. If someone beat, yeah, right, right, right. If someone just the majority, right. And so seriously, somebody can win with twenty five percent of the vote, right, uh, representing everybody. And that's one of the concerns. Whole different segment on that is municipal elections that are not on the normal general election scheme, yep. and you have a much lower turnout. Yep. So there's there's always that concern. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, Brett, I just think that a lot of these, and, you know, say whatever you want, but I, I, I think a lot of these are, are solutions looking for problems. Honestly. I, I agree. Okay, you do agree. Okay, good. I do. <laughs> this I is do. why I we agree. can't have nice things. Just keep no, it where it no. is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I agree. The what the one issue I kind of see though is the, the government paying for it. That's, that's you got to give you a little bit question. We, yeah, but, but you, you know, know what? There's, there's we we do that on so many things. We do that on so many True. things. People's property taxes who don't have kids or children are going to pay for the public schools. I mean, you know, we have to have a government we can live under, right? That's true, and, and the government is the best. best I just talked to you out of your libertarianism. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> Brett Johnson from Snell and Wilmer. Bless you, sir, and thank you as always. Thank you. You betcha. I am Seth Leapson. Uh, uh, we'll be right back. I, get, I should give out the website swlaw.com. We'll be right back. Folks, you've heard me talking about why refi for a while now, and if you have questions uh, about them and uh, how they have been able to uh, help and serve people in the area who have invested with them and made great returns with their investments, they encourage you to call them, and uh, they will happily put you in touch with any number of their really satisfied customers. Uh, give them a call at 888-YREFI-34, 888-YREFI-34. They're happy to put you in touch with uh, their happy customers. And think about your IRA while we're talking about this. Would you like your IRA to be earning strong fixed interest rates and not be dependent on the stock market? Did you know you can invest with YREFI through an IRA or other qualified funds? And you can keep your investment, including the high fixed interest rates you earn, tax deferred. That's right. Your money can stay in your IRA, and you don't have to pay taxes on the income that you earn. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. It's a very high fixed interest rate. I am Seth Liebson, and before—oh, well, no, we have a minute left. Well, good. A couple minutes. Let me let me put— um, Put this out, uh, point this out with regard to the call we had from John and Peoria earlier talking about what's going on in the Peoria School Board. The criticism, of course, with that crazy non scientific science curriculum they're debating, you know, people will be called uh, people who will resist it and oppose it and thinks that children should only be taught about the male and female sexes will be called uh, Neanderthals and anti-science, just as Ron DeSantis in Florida has been uh, called someone who doesn't want to teach black people black history. That's what Kamala Harris said about Ron DeSantis. That's what Karen Jean-Pierre said about Ron DeSantis, because he is opposed to a certain curriculum 
there, and it's nonsense. Andrew Sullivan uh, got his hands on the history curriculum that Ron DeSantis has put uh, the X mark over, and um, here are the writers, Andrew Sullivan points out, that are presented in each section. Uh, for those schooled in political philosophy, you'll know some of these names. Fran, Franz Fanon, he's a Marxist Algerian who defended the use of violence. Ami Cesare, a proud supporter of the Soviet Union. Huey Newton and Bobby Seale, Black Panther terrorists. Angela Davis, communist supporter of East Germany and the Cold War, among other things. Kimberly Crenshaw, who came up with the, C- the CRT idea of intersexuality. Patricia Hill Collins, who has argued that democratic institutions, no matter who runs them, are not capable of altering social inequalities, which is a definition of CRT. The point is this. The point is this. You could include these extreme leftists, of course, to teach about what that line of thought is, but they should at least be balanced with other historians and other philosophers as well, shouldn't they? They should be countered with something that at least substantiates or defends, shall we say, the West or the Republican form of government or democracy. It shouldn't just be exclusive Marxist ideology, should it? No, it should not. And that's what DeSantis is against. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.